This is the Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast. Hey, family. Welcome to Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran. Thank you for listening today. My heart has been a bit heavy all week after the passing of Chadwick Boseman, the actor who brought Black Panther alive on the big screen while he was secretly dying behind the scenes. I say secretly because it seems his diagnosis of colon cancer was not made public until after his death. He was also quite the professional with an unforgettable, undeniable work ethic. This young man put out an impeccable body of work in what seems the span of about four years, and not once have I heard or witnessed him complaining, being rude, arrogant, or self-absorbed. Instead, he kept a beautiful smile on his face and always spoke strong words of encouragement. He was a real person who unselfishly gave of his valuable time to children who were terminally ill with cancer. He did countless hours of charity work with a smile as he advocated for others who never even knew that he too was ill, undergoing treatments and surgeries. You see, while he entertained us and constantly spoke out on behalf of those who did not have a voice, he never once made it about himself. Chadwick Boseman is a young legend in his own time, an example of good, common decency. And to so many, in spite of Black Panther, he was a real live superhero who became a global icon, an inspiring symbol of black power and racial progress. Please continue to pray for the strength of the Boseman family as they endure. I drove behind a number of empty school buses this week and cringed at the thought of teaching with 20 or more students in my classroom. I trust God, but do not think it is fair nor prudent to congregate in large numbers in any setting during this time of COVID-19. If you recall, I told you about two weeks ago that the Trump administration had chosen to reclassify teachers as essential workers pending the agreement of state governors, a title that I have pondered since the news of reclassifying teachers was made public. I started to contemplate all of the things that are essential, like air to a suffocating person, because without it, one cannot breathe. Like an engine to a car, without it, the car goes nowhere, as it lacks power. Like a beating heart to a body, without it, No blood flows and the body will die. Of course, I thought of so much more, but you get the point. Then I asked myself, are we, teachers, really essential? Let's see. Without a teacher, there would be no real structured learning, no one to concentrate on teaching reading, writing, adding, subtracting, which means no doctors, lawyers, cooks, accountants, bankers, no education. I know someone is shouting, someone other than a teacher could teach, but don't miss the point. There are so many teachers who have never had a formal teacher certification, yet they are indeed most essential because even without a formal title, they teach. Therefore, they are teachers. Don't lose sight of the fact that a child's first teacher are parents. Just as long before I ever graced the classroom with my presence, I was teaching, yet this is all a little different. 
because teachers are being looked upon as the poorly paid babysitters, the child care providers to afford parents the freedom to go back to work, in turn restarting the economy. I heard the president say, we cannot afford to have children out of school any longer because children want to go back to school and the rebounding of the economy depends on it. Well, if the life of our economy is so desperately intermingled with teachers being in the classroom, up close and personal with students, then we really are in the trenches and on the front lines of our economic renaissance. It sounds like we are that heir to the breathless economy, that engine to a powerless workforce, that beating heart to the bloodline that has been stagnated by a lack of flow, drying out the life of our economy. We teachers are indeed essential and proud of it. However, I am offended, a little hurt, and greatly disappointed with the understanding that with the label of essential workers, teachers are being thrust into a situation where being diagnosed with the coronavirus, if asymptomatic, would not automatically preclude you or me from the school building, leaving countless colleagues, those in great health, as well as those with compromised immune systems, exposed and fully susceptible to conditions that could very well lead to death. Even more challenging is the thought of possibly infecting students who could in turn go home and infect parents, siblings, guardians, or grandparents. All of these thoughts are clouding my mind, yet we have not even begun to consider the number of students who could quite possibly show up at school daily and infect both staff and other students. During last year's count alone, my school housed over 1,300 students, all under one roof. The ripple effect of me and my colleagues being asked and expected to show up and teach, even if infected, certainly making contact as teacher and multiple students will have to share the same space, is mind-blowing. I still vividly remember the Centers for Disease Control explicitly discussing the idea that just because one is asymptomatic does not make he or she any less contagious. I venture to think that such an individual is even more dangerous and progressively more likely to infect others. Of course, we will all stare clear of those who look and sound sick, but will be far more comfortable sharing space with one who looks and sounds well, one who is not running a temperature, like those asymptomatic who are infected and possibly contagious, but asked and expected to show up. I am no politician and have no desire to be president, vice president, mayor, nor governor, but I have a sick feeling about this entire request to continue moving and mixing as if all is well and nothing is wrong. I am reminded of little kids who feel that when they cover their faces, you cannot see them. Of course, the only vision that is impeded would be the face coverer. But then again, I am referring to little children. As for the president, I wish his advisors would grow a backbone and explain in the simplest of terms that just because one pretends the virus does not exist does not make it any less real or any less dangerous. In other words, just because so many, like those who refuse to wear a mask 
are willing to go back to all that seems normal and ignore the presence of clear and deadly danger does not make the coronavirus unreal or somehow non-existent. This entire matter has left me with my mouth hanging wide open. But I guess I am a realist. And after seeing how the rush to place school employees and our waiting students back under the same roof has proven dangerous in a few surrounding counties, I have got to speak up to sort this all out in my mind. I am a lifelong learner, and if I can learn from the mistakes or missteps of others, why must I fall into the same issues as they? I have learned that the wise often learn from making observations rather than falling into the snares of others who have fallen before us. Remember, if we are not careful to learn from our past or vivid current events unfolding, we are destined to repeat the same follies. My point, why would I walk directly behind you, witness the hole you fell into, and while you are actively working to escape your current circumstances... I fall into the same hole alongside you? This, my friends, is the definition of insanity. Doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results. Either someone is extremely visionless or there is a severe lack of intelligence. Now, I sense that a bit of both of these constructs are probably present, yet neither makes me feel any better about our current dilemma. No one loves teaching or feeding the students more than me. So allow me to clarify, I am not one of the teachers who dread coming to school daily. I do not dislike my students or children for that matter. To the contrary, I look forward to seeing my children daily. And even though they are middle schoolers, I thoroughly enjoy the time we spend together. I love my students. I express those sentiments to make certain that everyone knows I do not despise my calling, but rather look forward to my scholars and all that I'm still learning from them every day. With that, I also hold great love, care, and compassion for my children. I want them to be and stay safe and well. I understand that if we have got to communicate, teach, and learn from a distance for a while, for the well-being, peace, and safety of the whole, then so be it. You see, I have spoken quite clearly of the effect this essential workers classification could have on our community, but an even more troubling picture is magnified when one considers how many parents might continue sending their children to school after the child has been exposed and possibly infected. Such a cataclysmic encounter could prove mass devastation for everyone involved and some who have neither knowledge nor understanding of what lies ahead. Up until the last news report, Fulton County has led in Georgia with the number of new COVID-19 cases. But I thank God that our numbers as of this week seem to be declining and fewer people have been hospitalized. So God is truly smiling on us. Although one news feed has indicated that fewer people are testing, therefore fewer cases are being reported. When we couple that information with the idea that counties with fewer cases than Fulton tried to return to -to face-to-face instruction, which has increased their COVID-19 cases exponentially, one must wonder with bated breath 
How will Fulton's move from virtual to a face-to-face setting affect our school community and those neighborhoods being served by our schools? When I look around at our virtual setting, working from the building every day, social distancing is very easy with just staff in the building as everyone is either in their offices or classes and working. It is actually most peaceful, to be honest. When adding the students whom I really miss to the equation, the dynamics change considerably to no social distancing at all and far greater potential for infection. There is a whole lot going on behind the scenes, but health and wellness cannot be ignored and should be at the forefront of our government officials' decision-making at federal, state, and especially local levels. As a logical, critically thinking adult, it will take far more than a federal administration telling me that I am an essential worker to put me at ease with serving our students up close and personal. I am concerned for the well-being of all involved, yet I know that as with all that we face, God is still in control. Additionally, I also remember that faith without works is dead, so we must all do our part to make the whole work out. The great news, two weeks ago, after praying and pondering a new classification of essential workers and all of its troubling ramifications, Governor of Georgia Brian Kemp made public his disagreement with reclassifying Georgia's teachers as essential workers. I really appreciate that level-headed response to an issue I found unreasonable. I must add, the idea of reclassifying Georgia's teachers as essential workers was being proposed to accommodate an agenda, a thing of convenience and not conviction, intended for performance and not properly purpose-driven. You see, our president has said getting the economy moving in the right direction and back on track is directly aligned with getting students back in school in front of teachers, the real frontline soldiers. The most essential of essential workers, as he indicated, the economy cannot afford for our youth to be out of the school environment any longer. An environment that could and would not exist without teachers. We are mothers, fathers, understanding big sisters, knowledgeable older brothers, doctors, nurses, counselors, confidants, reporters, prayer warriors, soldiers, listeners, advisors, God-ordained, called, the chosen, and fully committed. We are essential. The most essential of essential workers as we provide a safe, secure, reliable place for our youth. And allow every other essential worker, no matter what you do, to move on to waiting duties and responsibilities, those necessary to jumpstart the economy. We teachers stand on the front lines waiting to groom, mold, and at times mend our youth. Trust and believe teachers never have to be labeled as essential workers because everything we do to empower, encourage, and inspire our youth with or without a title, screams essential. Just know that teachers have been, currently are, and will always be essential. Day after day, we come to teach, motivating and molding the learners we reach. 
working hard, making calls, and providing love to our kids. No limit to the patience, advice, and ultimate care we give. We were asked to take good care and teach the children too. Yes, we complied and even tried to instill critical thinking anew. Took some in to teach math, reading language arts and science, threw in social studies and physical ed to be in full compliance. We had to model character as behaviors we instructed, but for the past five months of pandemic, school has been interrupted. First, we were immediately thrust into a virtual environment in March. Many parents, students, and staff found directives rather harsh. Some struggled to get to the virtual classes with diverse platforms unsure. Yet we muddled through for three long months and some for even more. Summer school dealt another red mark to a troubled, trying chapter. Then August brought a new school year with much unknown hereafter. We still show up and make the best with uncertainty of what to expect. But one thing's for sure, if nothing more, God will continue to provide and protect. When all seems fuzzy and we walk the journey and so much remains unknown, my help, my hope, all faith and comfort from the single source alone. No virus, no antidote, no president can remedy our matters in the end. I look to the hills from whence cometh my help on God the strong tower I depend. The president has called us essential workers, a title I've held with pride. From the time my savior for you and for me hung his precious head and died. Long before the pyramids or the dividing of the seas, Jesus Christ lived, bled, and died just for you and me. We were essential way back then, for God gave his only son. Essential is what a person looks like when they are the missing leg to run. Essential is a term I use when describing a heartbeat and God's air. Essential happens to come to mind, keep my thinking calm and clear. Essential is what Chadwick Boseman has been as he brought Black Panther alive. Young, black, gifted, and educated, a role model's journey for which every youth must strive. Essential is all the things that express an omnipresent, omnipotent God. Essential all that's necessary, calm raging winds and clouds. Essential infers extremely important and absolutely non-negotiable must. Essential the God that understands and intercedes. In him I hope and trust. Essential is the need for someone you can truly call a friend. God's priceless treasure, his hands and flesh to groom our hearts to mend. Essential is not a name you give one to accommodate your own agenda. Essential are teachers who always show great care with love that's kind and tender. Essential is what teachers were, we are, and will always continue to be. Essential is the life we live, the care we give, the, to instill abiding integrity. So always remember my colleagues, my sisters, brothers, and every friend. Essential is what we are to each other yesterday, today, and tomorrow until the perfect end. Well, family, this is number 19 of Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Friend. I just want you to know that you are essential. Your very essence, all that makes you who you are, screams essential. 
it does not take any politician or administration to make that announcement or claim essential workers to further their own personal agendas. Teachers are those very essential individuals who shape, mold, and guide our youth into the contributing members of society that each is destined to become. Today we teach to create and enhance our tomorrow. We do it in the midst of so much that stands against our children, reaching full potential. In spite of it all, we show up daily and we teach, encourage, motivate, and hold on to high expectations. We believe in many of our children long before they even understand how to believe in themselves. And oftentimes, we love them right up to our expectations. Now tell me, tell any educator, any teacher, that we are not essential. You are most essential to our youth. You speak into the lives of countless individuals and like a powder with clay, you mold and shape a brighter tomorrow today and every day. Essential, that's all the things that God has made us. So continue to live as such and teach every student that they too are essential. God bless you. Now on a health note, in memory and honor of the late, great Dr. Chadwick Bozeman, please, please, if you have not already done so, get screened for colorectal cancer as it is the second most common cause of cancer-related deaths among men and women combined in the United States, and it disproportionately affects people of color. The disease is largely preventable, and 90% of the cases are curable if caught early. Be wise because you are most essential to your family. Please don't forget to say something on my Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn pages. I welcome your questions, comments, critiques, and suggestions on topics you'd like to explore. Who knows? You might just end up being a guest on an upcoming broadcast. Remember, I'm just a regular girl navigating this diverse world. I'm looking forward to each of you. Until then, take care of yourself, each other, and stay blessed. The Faith, Family, and Fundamentals with Fran podcast is a production of the Castropolis Podcast Network. Log on to castropolis.net.